0: I guess it's going to be a short sermon. Bring that up here. Oh, you know what? I'm amazed that you guys made it out in this blizzard. I mean, I was wondering, when you're hearing all the news and stuff like that, and we're looking at, you know, the forecast and stuff like that, I was thinking, all right, for the three people that are here, this will be really something that they're going to want to hear, so... Um, we all have fears we're talking about matt's been going through a series on simplifying your life And last week you talked about forgiveness and how when we don't let go of that How it really kind of it can weigh us down And tonight i'm going to talk um, just for a little bit about how to simplify our life when it comes to fears in our life We all have fears. We all have things that keep us awake at night and we're going to discuss some of those here um, For a few minutes here my wife is from California and Texas. She does not like this snow. She doesn't mind the snow. She just doesn't like when I drive in it. And um, I like to say it's because of the snow, but I know it's just because she doesn't like my driving. But I just say it's because of the snow that way. But she just, she, she freaks out. I mean, when the when the snow comes down, she just locks herself in the house. And, you know, she'll come out in, in April or May. You might see her again around then. So, But we all have fears. We all have things that kind of, That'll keep us up at night that'll cause us to kind of lose sleep There are a couple fears that that i've i've had that i've been working on one of my fears is When I take teens on a mission trip or a retreat My fear is that I might lose some and I've gotten over that fear and um, I I got over that by using the 80% rule And so basically if I come back with 80% of what I started with I feel pretty good And I tell people I said look, you know, jesus was perfect. I'm not So you can't expect perfection. And the sad thing is I've actually had parents come up and say, you can let my kids be part of the 20. (laughs) So they just, they come up and they volunteer. It wouldn't make, it makes it a lot easier because then I just kind of know less to keep track of. But we have, we have that fear of, of different things. And I was coming home and this is going to scare some of you. I was actually replacing toilets in our house. Now there's a fear for anyone that comes to our house. But I was replacing, them and I, there was a part, I had to go get a part, and I, I went out, and my kids are home, and I came back, and I pulled in the driveway, and I come in the garage, and I start to come in, and I hear this screaming, and I'm, I'm talking, it was screaming, and it was, it was loud, and it was just like agonizing, and it, was, it my, and I'm not kidding when I say my heart sank, and at t- times, like two or three days later, I think about that, and I'm like, Oh. It's just kind of like, you've been there, where it's just kind of like, oh, what is that? You know, it's just kind of, it, I just, I felt like someone, uh, I hope someone called 911 because they were just like, it was just awful. I opened the door, and I'm just like ready for the worst thing in the world. And I opened the door, and there's my son and my daughter looking at me. And they're looking fine. And I was like, what in the world's going on? And they said, oh, we were just singing. (laughs) My kids were singing. And it's seriously, I'm not kidding when it said it sounded like we, we should call 9-1 because something bad had happened. So if you're around my kids this weekend when, in, during worship, um, I'm sorry. So, but we have fears. We have things that we're afraid of. And I want to um, talk for a little bit about that. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. If you would turn to Matthew chapter 6, there should be chair Bibles in front of you there as well. We've got fears that we have to deal with. One of those fears could be finances Another one of those fears Could be family Maybe their health Or something that's going on with my family And and I have a fear of of not knowing What's going to happen Another one is failure We have a fear of failure So we don't try something Another one is The fear of the future We don't know what's going to happen and if you notice, they all start with F. So if you have a fear that doesn't start with F, it, it doesn't count. Um, so you shouldn't be afraid of it. So, But we have those fears. And what happens as we go through life, we start to put those in this backpack. And we stuff them in there. And we start to carry that around as we go through life. And if, if you guys have kids in school, you know what it's like to carry a backpack around because those things weigh like 1,000 pounds. My philosophy is that chiropractors and schools got together and said, how can we help each other out? Because, man, those things are heavy. And, but we have these bricks of these fears, and we put them in our backpack, and we, put, and we walk around with these, and we never deal with them. And we c- constantly walk through life, and it starts to weigh us down. And there are so many times we sit there and go, I'm worn out. I'm tired. I don't know why. But I just don't have any strength. And a lot of times it's because we're not willing to deal with these things and it's just weighing us down. So I want to encourage us to think for a few minutes about how we can do that. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6. If you um, got your Bibles, read along with me here. 6, starting with verse 25. We'll go 25 to 33. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? "'and the body more than clothes? "'Look at the birds of the air. "'They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, "'and yet your heavenly Father Father feeds them. "'Are you not much more valuable than they? "'Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? "'And why do you worry about clothes? "'See how the flowers of the field grow? "'They do not labor or spin. "'Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor "'was dressed like one of these.' If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and the righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So he goes through and he talks about the fact that, why do you worry when you know you have a God that's in control of all this. He takes care of the birds of the field. He's going to take care of us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So when we look at that verse, it's talking about the fact that sometimes we fear when we talk about the future is one of the things we fear. Maybe it's the future, what's going to happen, or what happens when we die? We have that fear. The Bible says that perfect love drives out fear because the perfect love is understanding what Christ did on the cross for us. That he died on the cross for us so that we can have a relationship with God restored. And when we do die and leave this earth, that we go into the presence of God. And knowing that, knowing that perfect love, we can get rid of that fear of, of what's going to happen. And so, so John is talking about that. So I want to look at two types of fear. I'm going to put this down for a second, if you don't mind. Two types of fear that we have. The first one is, is a fear of God. When we talk about, you hear about fear of God. P- people start to think, "What well, am I just supposed to be afraid of God? I hear his name and I, I, I scream out. But a fear of God is, is a reverence or an awe of who God is. Understanding how incredible God is. And when you realize that and understand that, you have this awe. And it's, it's a fear that comes over, like, how amazing he is. And so that's, that's the first one. And I want to I translate that into, when we think about fear of God, correlate that to faith. That if we truly have a right fear of God and understanding who God is... We're going to have a faith that says, I can trust him no matter what the situation is in my life. No matter what one of these F's or whatever other letter you have that you say, this is the thing that's consuming me. This is what brings anxiety into my life that causes me to stay up at night or wake up in the middle of the night worrying about. And you can sit there and say, I trust in a God who's bigger than that. So we have that fear of God. And the second one is, a fear of things around us. Again, what we just talked about. The, the actual Greek word is, is phobos, where we get our word phobia. And there are different phobias out there. An the actual, you can look this up, because I didn't believe this. There's, there's a fear, there's a phobia called nomophobia. Anyone, heard, anyone ever heard of nomophobia? A lot of you have had it. Okay, a, a, Nomophobia is a fear that you won't have self-service. It's an actual fear that you're going to be in a place where you don't have cell service. And that's the phobia that people have. Another one is, I don't know how to say it, coulrophobia, which is the fear of clowns. I think that there are times when we all have that. And then another one is is phobophobia, which is, like it sounds, it's a fear of fear. It's actually afraid of the fact that I might be afraid of something. And that's just an endless cycle that we can go on. Franklin D. Roosevelt, in the middle of the Great Depression, he's the president, and he made that, that famous quote. <clears throat> so first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So that's fear phobia, or fo- phobia, whatever, it's, it's a phobia. So, But <clears throat> when we understand who God is, the power that he has, we should fear the things around us less. Because when we truly understand God and we have that faith, and we're going to talk about that in a second, we can sit there and give that to God and say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And I'm going to give that over to you. And the Bible, it talks about the fact that every day has enough trouble for itself. So what happens a lot of times is we'll sit there and we'll have four or five of these bricks in there. And God's saying, you're not meant to carry those. And you got to look at your life and say, all these things that I'm looking at, that are that are weighing me down, which ones can I, I I get rid of which ones can I hand over and say, God, take this, please, so that I can live my life the way i 'm supposed to live that so we've got the fear of the future. What is the future going to look like? Maybe it's fear of the finances if you're if you 're in the stock market now, you probably you know I used to have it to where every month I'd get a report and i 'd look at it and see how my i r a s doing, and thank God they went to you know, digital, you know, on a computer, because I never check that, so I don't have to worry about how much I'm losing. But I used to get a paper thing, and i look in and go, oh, good, oh, bad, you know, and, and that, that would kind of ruin your day. And so we, we've got fear of health. Maybe it's f- for us or our family, and we're afraid because we don't know the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. And then, you know, just fear of failure. What if I try that and I don't succeed? And so many times, because of that fear, we just stay back and we say, I'm not even going to bother because I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. And there have been a lot of great people out there that could have done great things, but they were afraid to try because of that. And I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I'll go through the day and I just know there's something that's gnawing at me and it's just kind of making it to my life. It's just, there's something I'm like, boy, there's something wrong. This day isn't going the way I thought it was going to go because something happened that morning and I can't put my finger on what it was but then all of a sudden it'll click it'll it'll come to my mind and it's something that never happened but I was afraid that it might and I sit there go why in the world did I let that consume me for the whole day so that it kind of just ate me up and so when we think about releasing our anxieties and our worries to God and say God I'm going to give it to you that's what faith true faith is it's saying, God, I'm going to trust you because I believe that you're bigger than this. We go back to that Matthew passage that we started with. Matthew six twenty-five and 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? God values you. God loves you. And you've got to understand that. You've got to realize you've got a God who created you. And that he has so much value for you. More so than the birds of the air that he knows when they fall to the ground. And they die. God says, I see that. If he can take care of that bird and he knows what, what happens with a bird, how much more is he going to take care of us and love us? So he values us. And the second thing to understand is worry is not going to make us live any longer. Probably, if anything, it's going to be shorter. Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Can we add a a, a single hour to our life by worrying about something? We know that we can't, but yet we continue to do that. Then we go and says God knows what we need. He knows what we need before we do. He already knows that. Verse 28, And why do you worry about the clothes? About clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So God knows what we need. And we can sit there and trust that he's going to give us what we need when we need it. And when we understand that and we truly get a grasp on that, that starts to simplify our life. Because we don't have to sit there and take all of these things on ourselves and worry about them. Then it goes on and says, "When, when we seek after God first, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. When we seek after God first, all the other worries will start to fade away. You'll start to see that when we have our eyes on Jesus, the things around us <clears throat> become less big in our life. The worries and the fears. If you've if you got your Bible with you, we're going to skip over a few chapters to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to look at Peter, and this is a story that many of you might be familiar with. And let's read this together and. and and talk about that for a second here. Immediately, chapter 14, verse 22, Matthew. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So we've got Peter on this boat with the disciples. Jesus walks out to them, and they they freak out. It's a ghost, and he says, no, it's me. They say, oh, it's Jesus. Peter's first reaction is, hey, let me walk out to you on the water. And Jesus says, well, come on out. So Peter gets out of the boat, and he starts walking towards Jesus. And he's walking on the water. And the reason he's walking on the water is because he has faith in the person that he's looking at. I believe that Jesus can hold me up and keep me on top of this water. And he starts walking on the water. But then it goes on, and it says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. His eyes were focused on Jesus. He had faith. Things were going well. But guess what happened? He started to think about his finances. He started to think about failures. Maybe failures he's done in the past that he didn't want to repeat. His family started worrying about their health or what's going to happen to my family. The future all those things became his focus. And it says he started to sink. Peter had faith when he was looking at Jesus. But then all of a sudden, the wind and the waves overtook. My question for us is, what, what is the wind? What are the waves in our lives that are causing us to sink? You may be here today saying, I feel like I'm sinking. There's something in my life, one of these bricks that's weighing me down. And I feel like I'm starting to sink. And it may be more than one. It may be a bunch of them. And and we focus on those fears, those worries, and we start to sink. And Jesus says, if you put your eyes on me and you have the fear of God realizing how incredible and awesome he is and we have that faith it starts to lighten that load so my question is is your faith bigger than your fear if you came in today and you said i was really worried about my finances that's something that's just weighing me down god says i want you to get rid of that says what about failure I have a fear of failure. I failed in the past. I don't want to do it again. Or I'm afraid to try something because I'm afraid I'm going to fail. God says, give that to me. What about the future? I'm afraid of what the future holds. I don't know what the future looks like. God says, I do. And then we've got our family. If we're honest, a lot of us, this is a big one, especially if you're parents we have this fear of what's going to happen to our kids. What could happen to our kids? What could happen to our loved ones? And God says, you need to give that to me. You need to give that over. Take it out of your backpack. Stop walking around. And then, as you're going around, you're not even going to notice that you have this on. And even if you just have one of those, God says, we can work with that. But we try to put so many of those things in there and hold on to those. And when I say hold on to those, what I mean is we try to think that we can control that. Or I can't give this over to God. And God says, you need to allow me, trust me, that I know what's going on. That I know what's best. There's a quote that, that actually, I, I heard a bunch of a different ones like this. And I thought this is kind of one that really summed it up is fear of tomorrow would not fix tomorrow, but it will ruin today. Think about that. Fear of tomorrow, fear of what might happen tomorrow, isn't going to fix what's going, going to happen tomorrow. But it, it'll ruin what's going to happen today. Because we're so worried about that, that it consumes us and we're not able to, to focus on what we're supposed to, to do today. And to overcome fear with faith, the fear of man will prove to be a snare, Proverbs says. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. It says the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. As we go throughout this next week, I encourage us to think about what is it, God, that I worry about? What is it that in my life seems so much bigger than you that I can't hand it over to you and spend some time saying, God, I do believe that you're you're bigger than that. I believe I have this fear of you, God, of how awesome you are, how incredible you are. And as we go throughout this week, we can sit there and say, when this fear comes up, whatever whatever that is, We can sit there and say, "God, I I give that to you." My son is is traveling right now. He's just one of these one of these guys is just an adventurer, and he started looking online trying to find cheap flights. Didn't matter where, he just wanted cheap flights. So he ends up finding that you can fly to Greece really cheap. So he buys tickets to Greece he's never been to Greece. I mean, then he starts looking up and saying, "Hey, I wonder what's in Greece. That'd be kind of cool to do that." And so now he is actually in Greece. He flew to Iceland and then he and he fl- and he's in Greece with with four other friends. So what scares me more than anything is that he had four other friends who were who were like that. Eh, that's a good idea too. I mean, it's bad enough when you got one, but when you got when you just go up and say, "Hey, you know what? Next next month what are you doing?" Uh, you want to go to Greece? Yeah. And they just get up and they go. But as that happens, you sit there as a parent and you're like, you start to worry a little bit. All right. Is everything going to be okay? I mean, it's like, you know, we're in, we're in a government shutdown. I mean, does that mean the airport's are going to shut, shut down? And then he ends up, he's leaving, he left on Monday, Friday night. Sometime Friday, he gets, he gets a call that his flight from Chicago to Iceland was canceled. So now he's scrambling, trying to figure out how he's going to do this. And somehow he did it. I mean, we just talked to him this morning, you know, via one of those cool apps that you can, and, you know, you can see each other. And he, he's showing us his nice Airbnb in Greece and, and wherever he is. He's somewhere like on, on that side of the ocean. So it's like a great father. I don't even know where my kid is. Either. So, but it's just the idea that, that we sit there and we go, man, you know what? I could be really worried for his safety. I can be worried that, you know, he's in another country. He doesn't know anyone there. Sometimes doesn't know the language. Luckily, they speak a little English. Or we can sit there and say, God, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than, than any of that. And we can, we can sit there and go, God, I trust you. I trust you with that. I've had it with a lot of my kids. I mean, I mean I'll close up with this, where like, when my first daughter was born. All right, I've never been this dad thing before, and so I'm I'm new to this whole thing, and, and so I'm in there, and, and for some dumb reason, they allowed dads into the delivery room. I think after I was in there, they changed that policy at that hospital, and they said, this isn't a good idea. So they let me in, and I'm in there, and I was like, you know, I, we went to Lama's class, and we're like, yeah, I got this, you know, so I'm coaching her. It's like, just breathe, you know, and take your drugs and all this stuff like that, you know, whatever it is. And so then all of a sudden they're they're getting ready and and she's ready to be born. And I'm not going to get too graphic, but they basically had to put a little suction cup on her to help her out. And they went to pull her out and this pop, just like that. And I freaked out. My wife is delivering a baby. And I'm not kidding. When I said all the nurses were over there going, Mr. Jenkins, it's okay. It's okay here. Here, here's an epidural. Here, take some drugs. You're going to be fine. Everything's okay. I freaked out. man. we want to talk about a fear. That was a fear because all I could picture was my daughter's head hanging from the suction cup. That was what I was thinking. I was like, what in the world just happened? It scared me to death. And that's how I started fatherhood. All right? It didn't get any better after that. Every time. And so then it was like, Seriously, you're, you're always worried, like, what's going to happen next. And so, my first church I was at, here she is. She's just, you know, just a baby. She's in the nursery, and they're changing a, a diaper, changing her diaper. A dustbuster falls off the wall and hits her in the head. And I was like, well, so, you know, of course, for me, you know, I, I'm in church, and all of a sudden I come out and they go, just let you know. A Hoover vacuum cleaner just dropped on your daughter's head. That's what I, I pictured, you know. They go, she's fine but, I'm, you know, she has a gash and stuff like that. And I was just like, so, you know, you go through like, and so, so from then on, she basically just wore a helmet <laughs> everywhere. It didn't matter. She was the most picked on kid. She, she made the football team, but she was the most picked on kid in school because I was sitting there going, I'm afraid of what might happen to you. When we get like that, Whatever that is in our lives, we got to sit there and say, God, I trust that you're bigger than this. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to allow you to do what you need to do. And when we get to that point, it releases us. And we can walk around and sit there and go, boy, I have more strength to do the things that God wants me to do. Because I'm not carrying all these bricks that I'm not supposed to carry. So would you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much that you love us. And Lord, as we think about simplifying our life, I pray that you just help us to truly understand what it means to be in awe of you, to fear you in a healthy way, of knowing that you are all-powerful, almighty. And we just thank you so much, Lord, that we can give over anything that that worries us, that consumes us, and we can say, God, I know, that you're bigger than that. If it comes to the failures in our life, Lord, I know you're bigger than that. To our family, health problems or any other problems that may come up, Lord, we we know that you have them in the palm of your hand. and if we think about our future, there's so much fear out there, Lord, because we just don't know what tomorrow holds. But Lord, as the saying goes, we do know that you hold tomorrow. And we can rest in that. In, in these uncertain times, when it comes to the finances, Lord, I pray that you'll just help us release us from that, and help us to trust in you that you've got that under control. That you you've got the the greatest retirement plan that we could ever have. And then I pray that we can focus on that. And and as Peter had his eyes on you, Lord, and, and was staying up, help us, Lord, to ke- keep that and not to start to sink when we start to look at the wind and the waves around us. In Jesus' name, amen.